This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, October 6th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, public health sees growing contact tracing skepticism. San Miguel County discusses new med center. Telluride moves forward with plan for town park car camping and a mountain weather forecast. On an individual level, the five commitments have helped keep members of the community from spreading COVID-19, limiting group size, maintaining distance, washing your hands, wearing a mask, and staying home and getting tested if you're sick. But for public health, there's one more major piece, contact tracing. If you ask San Miguel County Public Health Director Grace Franklin, San Miguel County has done really well when it comes to contact tracing. Since March of 2020, when we first um, started responding to COVID-19, San Miguel County has only been unable to um, reach 13 residents out of the thousand something cases. Franklin says it's a testament to the work of the county contact tracing team. She adds statewide, contact tracers are unable to contact 25% of people who test positive for COVID. But there's a but. Out of the 13 residents that we've been unable to contact, eight of those contacts um, or lack of contacts occurred this last month of September. And she says it's not just people not picking up their phones. We've really been noticing from the contact tracing side much more hesitancy for the public to engage with our team. Um, much more scrutiny and a little bit more hostility. Franklin says she understands. She notes there can be shame or misunderstanding when it comes to testing positive for COVID or getting a call from a contact tracer. But it's really how do we educate and inform our public that um, by participating in contact tracing, it helps everybody, including um, helping this person through um, this rough period um, because isolating and being being alone during that contagious period is really hard. Locally, COVID numbers have been looking better over the past week. Incident, positivity, and hospitalization rates are all in level yellow or blue on the state's COVID dial. Franklin notes the location of cases continues to flux. Last week, there were nine positive cases in the Telluride area, 10 in the Norwood region, and two in the Egnar area. Six of those cases are breakthrough, but Franklin says there's a concern in the severity of disease among the county's unvaccinated. Five people have been hospitalized in the past 30 days with three residents currently in the hospital. It really does range from um, um, a a person in their 30s that is relatively healthy that's um, not faring well right now to um, someone in their 70s who's also was transferred to um, a more intensive care unit um, and has been um, in the hospital for over 20 days now. So it's really just disheartening to see um, these really significant impacts come to light um, over this last week or so. COVID vaccines and testing remain available across the county on a regular basis. Registration is available at sanmiguelcountyco.gov slash coronavirus. Franklin adds individuals who test positive using an at-home test should reach out to public health at publichealth at sanmiguelcountyco.gov to report the positive and learn more about resources and support.
Nothing showed San Miguel County its need for a new medical center like the coronavirus pandemic. Telluride Regional Medical Center staff jumped into action, providing tests in tents in the snow, converting the depot building into a respiratory clinic, making do with a building half the size what it needs to be. The past 20 months has really shown how imperative it is for our two elected boards to work together to achieve finding a permanent, sustainable home for the medical center. That's Richard Betts, chairman of the board for the Telluride Regional Medical Center and Hospital District. Those two boards are the Med Center Board and the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners. A new medical center is proposed for the Genesee development at Society Turn. While the development is still in the planning process, the proposal sets aside just over 2.5 acres for a new medical center. According to MedCenter board member Chris Chafin, the goal is to upgrade from a medical center to a critical access hospital designation. That would be approximately 40,000 square feet. It would include a helipad. Uh, It would provide primary care services as well as uh, our emergency rooms. It could be you know, up to, you know, potentially four beds that would be available for overnight stay. But planning for and building a new medical center isn't as simple as having the land. There's still a process with the county to determine other requirements or strong recommendations for the development, namely housing. Here's San Miguel County Manager Mike Bordonia. I think we're all really excited to have you know, a facility that could better serve our community's needs. And we understand that need and we we are so appreciative. And so I don't want you to think any of that is lost on us. But I think we're also looking at a substantially larger facility um, that's being proposed than what exists and wondering how those new employee numbers, both uh, full-time employees, a visiting clinician, you know, where those folks will stay and how those folks will be accommodated in a way that doesn't exacerbate things in the region. The Med Center currently has 66 employees and anticipates an increase of 20 full-time employees with the new building. That doesn't take into account the potential for visiting specialists or nurses. Chafin notes the Med Center is planning to build six employee housing units along with the Med Center offsite. This is more than what's required by the code. Uh, especially as a hospital does not uh, apply towards affordable housing requirements, be a good partner. And we also recognize it's good uh, business for the hospital district to be able to provide that, that housing. So it's, very, it's a very high uh, priority for us, and uh, we're working hard to uh, lock in that housing. The hospital district is not required to include employee housing as part of its development. However, looking at what traditional mitigation would be for commercial development, the county would require 13 affordable housing units. The county commissioners, including Commissioner Hillary Cooper, would like to see the Med Center propose employee housing closer to that number or even higher. We can say and we can all agree that that the hospital, that the medical center moving into a critical access hospital will provide a very important community service. However, that comes with a very real um, demand for housing. And right now, as we have seen very clearly, it falls on the governments to provide that housing. It is very rare, um, even though we have some wonderful, well-intentioned developers, 
that we are able to get developers to actually pencil something out that makes sense for them. And that's because we have to subsidize housing in this region. And the only one who can subsidize housing is the government. Cooper says if the government subsidizes the housing, that's going back on the taxpayers to cover the cost. But Bet says that's going to be the case whether it's the county or the hospital district. We are not a profit-making organization. We are currently subsidized by the local taxpayers who have been very supportive of us to the tune of about $2 million a year. So if we need to go back and get additional funding for housing, we can do that. But it's going to be our taxpayers, just like your taxpayers, if you build housing. We're both dealing with the same taxpayers and the same dollars. But for Commissioner Chris Holstrom, it's not just about who's paying for the housing. It's also the med center's ability to actually operate once the new facility is built. Saying you're going to add 22 employees if you don't have the housing for them, if they can't find the housing, is going to be very problematic. So I think um, for us all to come together and find ways to increase the housing that you have dedicated to the future employees is going to benefit you benefit of Saul, but benefit you in the long run too. So I would encourage us all to get together to um, increase that number as well. Um, I just, you know, just every single day, more and more people looking for housing here. And if if you're only going to have six, then you're not going to have 22 new employees. Both the county and med center were on board to work together to find additional ways to add more affordable housing into the development. County manager Mike Bordonia plans to meet with members of the medical center board to discuss next steps when it comes to working together for additional units and creating a memorandum of understanding for the development. Solving Telluride's housing crisis is going to be a mix of big, bold ideas and small incremental changes. This week, Telluride Town Council discussed one of those small ideas for the winter, allowing car or RV or van camping on town property. But creating a program to allow camping is more than just making it legal. Here's Telluride Town Manager Ross Herzog. There may be some risk uh, that if we're providing electricity to those units, um, we would have to warrant that aspect. So if the electricity was to go down on on our on the site due to malfunction of our equipment um, and the issue cannot be resolved within 24 hours, uh, we could be responsible for housing uh, any of the tenants uh, in an alternative location unit until we could get those premises or the electricity up and running again. There's also the issue of if someone doesn't want to leave once summer comes. You know, if it came down to an eviction, you know, the timeline, there is an option uh, for the site lease we sign with the occupants uh, to be for a, a term certain. Um, if someone stays beyond this written and agreed upon term certain, you know, it's called a holdover, uh, the eviction process can begin immediately and there's no notice to quit required to be served upon the tenant before we can uh, file the matter in court. When it comes to the possible where of the camping, Herzog says there are several options. Carhenge parking lot, the Canyonlands lot next to Clark's, the Parks and Recreation campground, and the Town Park parking lot. To start, Herzog says Carhenge and Canyonlands aren't ideal due to the lack of electricity and plumbing availability. But in the parking lot or parks, there is an alternative that the pool restroom shower facility uh, could be available for 24 hours a day. And uh, porta potties could also be provided uh, and serviced on site. 
Staff recommends prohibiting any camper from using plumbing in their car or van, even if it is available. Town Council agreed the Town Park parking lot is the best location for car camping if it moves forward. Members of council also recommend requiring potential residents to prove employment in Telluride in order to qualify for the camping permit. We have programs in place and protocols in place. And if you are a renter, you don't have to have job history. You just simply have to have a job and it doesn't have to have even started yet. The boss just has to sign off that you will start on X date and work this many hours a week and this many days a week. That's Mayor Delaney Young but she does have other concerns beyond the physical space. Even vehicle registration, that sounds complicated because then do we, if they're only here for three months, legally after 30 days, you're supposed to change your registration and all of that. For many on council, before they decide to move forward, they want to know if there's even interest. Here's Young again. Because I've asked people who I know are traveling around in their vans. They're living the van life, but they're not sitting still. Parks and Recreation Director Stephanie Jacquet disagrees. I think it's hard to get interest from potential renters not knowing what the program is. And while Councilmember Tom Watkinson agrees Town Park is the best location, he isn't a fan of the program in general. We're not really creating any housing. We're creating spots for people to, I guess, legally camp in their van or or RV instead of illegally do it. And uh, it's temporary. You're done in in the spring and summer. Town Council plans to further discuss the possibility of allowing winter car camping in Town Park at its October 26th meeting. It will make the final decision to either move forward with the project or scrap the idea at that time. Builders in the town of Telluride will now have to produce more affordable housing mitigation for construction in town. On Tuesday, town council approved a second reading of an amendment to the town's land use code, bumping the mitigation percentage from 60% to 90%. The change comes after the Planning and Zoning Commission unanimously recommended increasing the rate to 100%, but council decided to keep it at 90 The change applies to new projects that have not yet submitted applications to the town. Developers have several options to meet the requirements, including on- and off-site affordable housing construction and deed-restricting existing free market units. Another option for some projects is paying a price per square foot for mitigation, known as a payment in lieu. Payments in lieu are allowed for construction is less than 400 square feet or mitigation that's less than 400 square feet. Anything more than 400 square feet would not permit more than 10% of the mitigation by the payment in lieu. That's Town Planning and Building Director Ron Quarles, briefing council at Tuesday's meeting. Because it was a second reading, there was not much discussion on the change. But during public comment, Gideon Berger raised some concerns. He worries an unintended consequence of the increase would be by making construction more expensive, housing in the region would actually become less affordable. I have uh, vacant uh, lots that I'm thinking about building homes on, but part of the calculus will be if I then want to rent those homes, can I get the money out that I put in? And so if it's more expensive for me to build, 
the rent that I'm going to have to charge is going to be higher. In response to those concerns, town attorney Kevin Geiger notes there is a part of the land use code that allows full-time residents to defer up to 75 percent of required mitigation if it's a payment in lieu. So there is that provision that I think the council previously passed that does provide for some assistance to locals looking to build. Council passed the second reading to increase affordable housing mitigation percentage 5 to 2, with council members Lars Carlson and Tom Watkinson the two no votes. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has halted air sampling and monitoring around Telluride. The monitoring was in response to concerns about the potential for airborne lead and arsenic contamination from trucks hauling mine tailings from the valley floor to the Idorado repository on the east end of town. The trucking is part of a tailings removal that has been going on since the summer. However, after 60 days of monitoring, there was no detection of harmful levels of either chemical. Based on that and the recent frequent precipitation, the EPA halted the monitoring at the end of September. But the agency notes in a press release they will continue dust suppression and mitigation work to keep particulate levels low along the truck routes. Initially, the EPA estimated the trucking would last 40 days, but according to an agency spokesperson, it's taking longer than anticipated. They don't yet have a revised estimate for how much longer the trucking will last. San Miguel County's lone football team season has come to a premature end. This week, Norwood Public Schools announced it is canceling the remainder of the Norwood Mavericks football season. In a letter to the community, Norwood school officials say the decision comes in the wake of a smaller-than-typical team and a number of recent injuries. The letter says the football program works hard to provide the team a safe and memorable season. However, with low numbers, there are safety concerns for the remainder of the players. The team started the season with 17 players. Big schools can have as many as 50 players. Now the team is down to 10 remaining students. Norwood Public Schools says it will turn its focus to rebuilding the football program for the future. For a lot of people in and around Telluride, one of the top issues on their minds is housing. And it's not just an issue for San Miguel County. KOTO has partnered with multiple stations in the Rocky Mountain Community Radio Coalition to report a series of stories looking at economic mobility through housing to understand how the challenge and possible solutions are playing out across the region. Today, we're heading north to Big Sky Country in the small resort community of Big Sky, Montana. 78% of workers commute from outside the area, according to U.S. Census data. KHOL's Will Walke reports on a new program that's trying to reverse that trend by paying property owners to rent to locals. Shannon Sears has lived in Big Sky for six years, and she's already moved five times. Sears is 33 and works for a title and escrow company, and she also sits on the local Chamber of Commerce. But ever since she moved to Montana from Texas, finding housing has been difficult. At an age I thought was something I had already gotten past, I had to move in with multiple roommates just to be able to get a roof over my head. 
Like in so many other Mountain West resort towns, the real estate market in Big Sky has skyrocketed during the pandemic. The median price of a single-family home is up more than 30% in the past year, and rents rose 65%, according to recent market reports. Sears lost her local housing earlier this year, so she found herself commuting over an hour each way, every day. The canyon has snow and ice and, you know, it's dark in the wintertime. So to pass the time, you listen to podcasts, you wake up with your coffee and you think about your day on your way home, you know, the decompress. So it really wasn't too bad, except it pulls me away from my community. 39% of Big Sky commuters say they want to live where they work, according to a 2018 housing survey. And often, vacation property owners want to provide that exact service but don't know how. Laura Seafang is executive director of the Big Sky Community Housing Trust. She owned a vacation rental herself for several years. And I had no idea how to rent to a local because I didn't know any local people. I only came out and visited two weeks a year, you know. And so I, I started from that perspective when we came up with this program and said, what, what are the things that get in the way of someone who owns a property out here from figuring out how to rent to a local? Seafang says platforms like Airbnb make it so easy for property owners to make money off their investment. So she set out to create a similar program, but for local renters. We help them figure out what to price their unit for. Um, and we provide a lot of, we call it a la carte property management services, so that if a person just needs a little bit of help with their unit, we can give them that. Inspired by a similar program in Lake Tahoe, Seafang started Rent Local in early 2020. She thought just the management services and appealing to people's morals would be enough. But by this August, she had only gotten 14 takers. For a lot of people, we just kept hearing the answer that they make too much money on the short-term rental market and that they, you know, everybody has a, a motivation to make sure they can pay their bills. And so that's when we thought, well, we need to come up with a way to sweeten the pot. That's why starting in August, Seafang got several grants from local community foundations to help incentivize rental owners. Now, if you lease to a local worker for six months, the minimum to qualify for the program, the housing trust will give you 1500 bucks. For two years, it's 14500 The idea is just to let our workers have a sense of security that they're not going to lose their housing, which happens all the time here. Since the incentive program started, seven new property owners have already signed up. Sears, the worker we met at the top, matched with one of those landlords and moved into her own condo on September 1st with her cat. Oh man, lucky doesn't even uh, cover how I actually feel. I, I am so thankful to be in this spot. It is close to my office. It's close to town. Sears also says she's feeling the benefits from her new home in her work life. My business is a relationship-focused business. So, you know, being here in Big Sky where my customers are, where my clients are, I can't even tell you how important that is for my colleagues to see me around town as a local. Still, the program's not perfect. Seafang admits it's been slow to get off the ground and takes a lot of convincing for property owners. And rent still might not be affordable for all workers. People who had already been renting to locals before August are also asking how they can get in on the action, or else they might switch to leasing to tourists. And then there's the risk of grant money running out. But Seafang says the Big Sky community has to stay focused on increasing the housing supply for locals quickly through whatever means necessary. We really all appreciate these beautiful mountain communities we live in, but we have to figure a way to work together to support them and 
create a place that can be inclusive of all income levels and all the people who we rely on. In the meantime, help wanted signs are up in nearly every business in Big Sky, Sifang says, and time is of the essence. Will Walkie, KHOL News. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for partly cloudy skies tonight with a low in the mid-30s. Thursday should be partly sunny during the day and mostly cloudy at night with a high near 60 degrees and a low around 40. Friday, there is a 30% chance of showers with mostly cloudy skies and a high near 60 degrees. Winds could gust as high as 30 miles per hour. Friday night, showers are likely with thunderstorms possible and mostly cloudy skies. The low is around 35 degrees. This has been the news for Wednesday, October 6th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.